ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Touch typing on clunky old machines, taking dictation, photocopying, making the boss a cuppa. These are some of the tasks a young woman might have found herself doing as an office junior in the 1970s, and it's very familiar to writer Christine Phillip. She got her first office job at 15 in work that would span four decades. And at the time, a role like this was considered almost prestigious for a young person, and certainly for a woman, a bit of a sign of independence. It didn't stop Christine enduring poverty and bullying and unemployment and homelessness, though, at different times. She did not take all that lying down, as you can see from reading her memoir. It's called Girl Friday, An Extraordinarily Ordinary Working Life. Christine Phillip, great to have you on the program. Uh, Thanks, Hilary. It's great to be here. What is a Girl Friday, for those of us not familiar with the term? (laughs) Yes. um, Well, Girl Friday's the lowest level office chick. You can get. That's where you started. So Honest. like a gopher. A gopher. Um, I actually only took the job because I thought I only had to work on Fridays. Your family must have made so much hay out of that. <laughs> I was shocked. They only <laughs> paid me that small amount to work all week. Couldn't believe it. But well, in- uh, yeah, worked four weeks. Yeah, and you were not quite 16 when you took that job. I was 15 and I told them I was 16. I lied to get that job. Um, Yeah, so I was right up the front uh, on a plug and switch switchboard. Oh, with the cables and the sockets. Yeah, yeah, don't put those in your mouth, everyone, (laughs) the cables. It's shocking. Um, It was in Bridge Road, Richmond. In fact, in a Jaguar car company that is now a Dan Murphy's. In Melbourne. Yeah. How life changes. <laughs> well, tell us a little bit about, I mean, you took the job partly because of your family circumstances. Tell yeah. us a bit about the, the expectations that you grew up with around work. All right. So I'm um, one of six sisters and I have a younger brother. So there were seven of us. So I watched my... Older sisters go off to work uh, around about the same time, some, you know, 14, 15, 16, to bring money in to the household so we could pay mum board. And I watched my mother <laughs> raising seven kids and um, getting on that bus and going to a, a car parts warehouse uh, to work in a factory. So she was very proud of us that we all went off and got office work. If we complained bitterly, she'd have none of it because uh, she was just standing on the factory floor uh, reboxing car parts. When it sounded like, you know, money was a way to some form of independence and maybe a little buffer against some of the threats that women experienced. Absolutely. Money was everything. Money. My mother used to say, money is your best friend. And to tell you the truth, well, I've got a couple of really good friends, but you need money. (laughs) Sadly true. (laughs) We're speaking with Christine Phillip uh, about her memoir and her life. It's called Girl Friday and it describes some things that would shock young people today about office life and hopefully still shock the older people as well. Describe your first day at work for us, Christine. It wasn't an easy one, was it? Oh, my goodness. I knew you'd ask me about that. That's my opener of the story. Hopefully if you get past that first bit, you'll keep reading. But... um, I was so nervous and so frightened that I'd lose the job. I'm halfway into it. Uh, by lunchtime, I'm still touch typing on a manual typewriter, these letters with the carbon paper and the copies, and they had 
They even gave me an ashtray so I could smoke <laughs> cigarettes while I was oh, doing it. Everyone did. And the old accountant said to me, oh, you better run across the road and get a sandwich before it runs out. It's, you know, lunchtime. Christine and I went, oh, yes, yes, I will. I've just got to finish this letter. So I kept, oh, no, I was busting to go to the toilet, busting. I actually didn't know where the lady's toilet was. <laughs> sad. sad and disgusting all at the same time. But, um, yeah, I kept typing and I'd left it too late. Oh, so, no. um, yeah, I wet my pants on the first day of work. Yeah. Uh, lucky, it dried. In time enough for me to run over and get a sandwich. Small mercies. Oh, my God. And I did have a thick denim coat I could put on. So, you know, people were wondering why I was wearing that in the office. But mind your own business. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot of that going on. Well, you write so evocatively about like the the clunky old machinery for starters. You know those those old typewriters when they started to make the transition to elect- electric and electronic, and then computers. Not to mention the switchboard, but also the culture of work. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wondered how much you feel that's changed over the four decades that you were doing office work. Yeah, very interesting. I do touch on that in the book, the the technological change, but the workforce changes. Um, I think I I was at a time, especially in the 80s, in the workforce where unionism, uh, women's liberation, um, the types of things that held a workforce together based on the workers' lives really did matter and and even things like you know Christmas parties uh, picnics where all the workers that get and you get shouted and you get maybe a Christmas bonus I think with um, ongoing waged positions with paid leave and sick pay all the entitlements unionists we fought for for many many years have slowly been eroded um, and the split shifts and the gig work and the self-serve job sort of thing, that has t- taken away a lot of the camaraderie and um, I'm sure the younger ones aren't getting the chance to develop the in-depth friendships that I still maintain 20 or 30 years. The friends that I've had are all people I've worked with. It's really interesting reading this book, Christine, because it's about the things that are certain and the things that are uncertain in a, in a working life and in a life. And, I mean, you, you've talked about how you feel some of the things have gone backwards in terms of working conditions, paying conditions. But tell us a little bit about your housing situation because there's been a theme of kind of instability and precariousness, hasn't there, throughout your life. How did you manage that, you know, rocking up to work every day and not really sure what the night might bring? I think when you live day to day, when you're younger, you know, you don't think about it too much. You just kind of figure out, well, what am I going to do today? If I get myself to work, I get paid and then I'll figure out the weekend and then I'll go and do it again. But as I got older, it started to become this thing of, gee, this is going to be precarious housing, I think, for the rest of my life. And I, had a, I did have a terrible experience. It's all in the book. Uh, through a government 
loan scheme um, for low-income earners. Look out for that. If they ever offer that, again, don't do it. Yeah, history um, tells us that didn't work very well. <laughs> that didn't work well at all. Anyway, um, I think the thing is that home housing is the place that you can work from. Housing is the place you can live from to find a warm, safe place was my goal in life. And I've got to tell you, there is a happy ending, Hillary. Good. I've found one. Oh, that's good. I can't believe it. <laughs> it is a rental, so I don't, you know, I'm, uh, but I've got it. And so far, so good. So I think you always will think in the end, I will always think in the end, is there ever going to be enough money? Is there ever going to be a house for life? No, they're not. Well, so I'd live with that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's pretty disturbing, isn't it, that a woman in her 60s has to be so grateful to have this basic human need fulfilled, safe housing, secure housing. I mean, what's working life look like for someone in her 60s in Australia today? Oh, good luck getting a job. Um, if you leave the workforce, it's one of the worst things can happen. So I left in at 52... I burned a few bridges. You can read all of the juicy <laughs> stories in the book. I'll admit it. Um, but I couldn't get my foot back in the door. Once I'd had a bit of a break, that was one of the hardest things, I think. So that's when I started writing about my working life because that's what I know so much about. And I realised, going up the job network provider, that they had hundreds of women like me around my age doing, you know, office work or factory work or whatever, who are on unemployment and will be possibly till we get to the age pension. I say, come on, bring it on. <laughs> um, so volunteering is a big thing. At 55, you're allowed to volunteer for the doll. Okay, so oh, I write extensively about this because this is one of the best things I've discovered. So I worked. Uh, volunteered at, instead of looking for jobs and being demoralised and being forced to apply for things you don't want and you're not going to get anyway for $15 an hour, I did uh, six or seven years at a community radio station and just on reception uh, and uh, now I write articles and pull together the newsletter for Friends of the Earth. Which you've been volunteering at since your youth as well. I did. I started in the 70s with Friends of the Earth and I went back. There are so many fascinating stories in this book. I wish we had time to get into the nitty-gritty of some of them, but I I recommend people read Girl Friday, if if only for the fantastic punk wandering around Brisbane and Sydney stories with the drag queens. That's, That's worth the price of admission. But just quickly, Christine Phillip, tell us what life's like for an old punk now, you know, what... What does uh, punk old age look like? Well, it's funny how life's a bit of a circle, isn't it? Old unemployable punk. I used to be a young unemployable punk. So I figure, Hilary, that it, it all just comes around again. But what you gather along the way? You know, I did a bit of comedy while I've been unemployed. I continued my writing. The things that I picked up on the radio station, volunteering, um, going back and helping, you know, with environmental matters, all those things, I realised that I've now got time to do them. I've uh, 
got the chance with time is everything. That's actually what I bought. That's what I pay. That's what my working life has paid for. So superannuation must have everyone out there. Please get your super in order because later on, before you know it, uh, all those things, your hopes and dreams, uh, if you're fortunate enough and you manage to keep it together, there's a chance, even on the dole, yep, yep. to be able to revisit those things and really put your heart and soul into it. There's fantastic reading how those creative threads have been able to come full circle for you, Christine, across your life. Thanks so much for coming into Life Matters to chat about it with us today. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks, Hilary. Girl Friday is the memoir, an extraordinarily ordinary working life. And Christine Phillip is the author. ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. 